When the choice seems to be to tear down the church or build a wall around it, we aim to walk the narrow road of nuance through the wilderness between the warring factions and try to figure out what it means to love God and people well. Hey folks, welcome back to Unbetween. This is the inaugural episode of season three and technically the inaugural episode of 2023. We did have one come out this year that we recorded last year, but this is the first time we have recorded in this year. And this conversation is kind of twofold. We talk about priorities and community, or as Ryan succinctly put it, Jesus is, is the thing rather than a thing. You know, Taylor mentions coming across a a sign and kind of having a thought of like, which you'll hear more about in the episode, we won't go through it, but just just some things kind of kind of rubbed in the wrong way. And and we noticed that there is often this this kind of desire to make God a thing in this long list of things. And there's some issues with that, which we we talk about. So I'll leave it at that. And we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome back. You use the word priorities uh, mm-hmm. a couple of minutes ago, and this is an interesting segue for our first episode of, of 2023. First one we recorded in 2023, anyway. I sent yeah. you uh, something the other day. I was, I was driving out in the in the county near where we live, and there was a church marquee that said, make God a priority in 2023. In 2023. Yes. So uh, we Ryan kind of had the idea that we should try doing an episode or some episodes where we just kind of riff on stuff that we saw, not because y'all need to hear our opinions. You most certainly don't, but... Um, if we're making sense of things in real time, that's kind of what we do <laughs> when we don't have smarter people on to, you know, to, to talk to. So anyway, uh, that was something that we thought, well, let's let's riff on that and kind of talk about how that how that landed on us. So do you want to go first or do you want me to? Man, I, I'll say a little bit. I'll let you kind of expound first. OK, expound. I, I never use that word, but why not? You just did. Um but I uh, or unpack it. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, it's, it's but, a good pastor word, unpack. That's right. But I, I do think it's interesting, and I think I sent you back like a, a short audio snippet because I was in the car with uh, Hannah. Mini rant. Yeah, I just, it had come up talking with friends the other day, like just what we choose to make important. And it's like, what if we were truly focused on what mattered? You know, if, if mm-hmm. our desire was to know God more deeply and to understand how he works if you're doing that and, and truly surrendering we throw around the word surrender a lot but truly surrendering to knowing him and and making that a priority i, I kind of think the other things just probably happen it's not that you neglect mm-hmm. them but a right view of god gives you a right view of the rest of your world and priorities are what you've made a priority um so that's the mini thing that I'll I'll say and shut up before letting you kind of <laughs> talk more about it. How it hit you? Uh, I guess there. I don't quibble with the the thought behind it. Really, there are a few things about it that sort of landed on me because I know what I know what that person or those people are trying to say. It's the how they said it, right? Well, yeah. There are three things in there. So the first is is the conjunction a, not the. Hmm. Yeah. A. A priority. And then, like, priority in English in our culture seems like, the the way it comes off to me is that, like, this is one of the important things. Mm-hmm. Not not the primary important thing, but uh, 
and then the end 2023 part. And I guess the, the sum total of the combination of the way that that sentence was communicated to me, and I, I know that this is probably not what they meant, but you, something I bash on about is the way that we talk about things shape the way, shapes the way that we think about them. Mm-hmm. And so expressing, you, you've probably heard this too, put God first in your life. Right. You know? And like God comes first and then there's everything after it. Again, I, I get the sentiment. I think it's a noble thing to express, but this strikes me the same way. In that, I, and I forget who told me this, but like that—that's a different way of thinking about it than I'm going to put God into every part of my life. It's not like I have God stuff and then I have other stuff. It's that I have stuff, and God needs to have his t- tendrils. God, I don't know that God has tendrils, but never mind. Uh, like everything is spiritual, and so it's not like I have a, a God shelf and then everything else. God is on every shelf or, or should be. And I, I don't know, and, and I don't even know how much sense I'm making, but just the idea that like, here are your priorities and God is one of them. Yeah. And that in the same way that you would set a New Year's resolution, it's like, okay, this year is going to be a God year rather than, I don't know, it just, it seems a little disconnected from the, like the, the deeply shaping, keeping in step with the spirit, um, Psalm one meditation kind of stuff that we have, that it, that we found to be meaningful and that we've talked about with each other and with our guests over the past year. I was revisiting some of those episodes recently because sometimes you have a conversation and you just don't remember what what was said. And um, particularly when we have other folks on, it's it's great to hear the way that God is working in their lives and the insights that they've had. So I revisit our older episodes sometimes. But I, I was just struck by a lot of the stuff that we seemed to find meaningful last year. Uh, I, I don't know. It, 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 it seemed like some of that deeper shaping stuff. And I wonder yeah. if, if, if a phrase like make God a priority in 2023 isn't maybe missing some of that perspective. I think that's yeah. why it, it stuck out to me. Yeah, no, and I, th- I think that makes a lot of sense. M- maybe not the tendrils thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> At least God having tendrils. But no, I get what you're saying. I think, I think too, you know, and I had this conversation yesterday in a uh, meeting with a guy like, he had brought up just the whole fact of even how we look at things and the way I chose to kind of word it back was, and we've talked about it on here is that we, we are here for God. Like it's not our story. Mm-hmm. I'm not here to make Ryan's story happen. I'm, you know, I'm here to make God's story happen, not even to make it happen, just to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, yeah. I don't make any of it happen. I'm here and that is why I'm here. And that's very different than, well, I've got to I've got to spend some time on this story today. Yeah. No, we don't allocate time buckets to Jesus, like or to God. <laughs> like, like we are here to exist for His purpose. Now we've screwed that up, and I think partially due to what what you're saying with the whole mindset thing. Like, hey, these are the priorities, um, you know, in this list that we're going to organize. Well, God first, then others second, then me third. Well, yeah, you know, sure, that's not a bad thing to say, but th- those other things that come after really aren't as important as we make them. Mm-hmm. And, we, and and often we just say those things to make us feel better when in reality we're going to do what we want. But because we say, hey, God's priority in 2023, we feel like it's going to be a good, successful year. Yeah. Well, I guess it, another way to put it is it's a truism in that like, well, I don't disagree with it, but it also, it does that capture the reality that I need to be landing on? 
It's, it's kind of like um, the the way I had it summed up to me once was you you can agree with something but not believe it in the sense that like you have you have intellectually assented to a point of doctrine or a truth and said yeah I I agree that that is correct. Right. It's totally different to live in such a way as though that is true and allow that truth to actually shape what you do. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, and and I think that's easy for me to get frustrated at myself more than anyone, but just we're so willing to set in, you know, small groups and, and these things like this and say these things and have these moments of reflection and have these, you know, open moments where we're talking about the struggles in our life. But it, if you don't do anything about it, why talk about it? Like, well, I think it's... Just, I think it is cathartic to say it out loud and to say it out loud to other people that you have a modicum of trust with. It's just that it, it's so much easier to say it. And it, I've, I've had this experience in the past before where you have, or if where you're, you're trying to establish accountability, maybe with people you don't know super well, or maybe it is, and that we all want to be kind and gracious to each other. And nobody wants to like pin the other guy to the wall, as it were, or or put the other gal's business in the street or put them on blast, but accountability. Well, some, people, some people probably do. Well, that's, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> but, yeah. But, but more what we're talking about is uh, I think, cause I, cause I was going to raise a point by way of a question that I think is related to this, which is yeah. I grew up hearing about like we had shifted from Christianity as an obligation. And it was talked about like the, your relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus. God wants a relationship with you, mm-hmm. which is true. And that God is a person. He's a personal being. You can interact with him. You can talk to him. He can talk to you, whatever exactly that looks like. Right. And I always heard, hey, be sure you spend time with God. Be sure you spend time with Jesus as you would with a person. And I think that there, there's some of that that makes sense. But how does that relate to to what we're talking about in the sense that like, um, you know, you don't, you don't go on dates with God necessarily. Do you set appointments with God? Maybe you do. Maybe that's part of sacred rhythm is to have certain ways that you, that you do quote, spend time with God every day. But then how does that relate to the whole pray without ceasing thing with the attitude and the posture of listening towards God and opening to his leading. And, and the reason I add that I'm bringing this up is getting back to what you were talking about, um, that we, I think it's uncomfortable to take the next step beyond, okay, we're going to acknowledge out loud in this group of people or with this other person that these are my struggles. That next step of like providing real accountability to each mm-hmm. other is super uncomfortable. Sure. And we've talked about that, you know, even what that looks like and even looking at iron sharpens iron and, and not a fun process. And I, I think that's my point as I hit my microphone. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's my point is if if there's not that accountability and if I'm not there and talking about it because I want people to go through that with me and see the change God can, can make in my life through that struggle, then I'm just sitting there and, and bragging about sin, basically. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, if there's not a desire to change then that's a, pro- that's a problem. Well, and I, I remember moments in different kind of small group or accountability settings where I or somebody else would express, hey, I, here's how I stumbled or fell this week. And it was kind of like, okay, yeah, well, do better. Try harder. Yeah. You know, let, let's see if we can get this nipped. And again, yeah. I, don't think it, I don't think it was because anybody just sucked. It was because we, 
there's a step that happens there that you that we have to intentionally take. Kind of like the, the same thing, like uh, something you were talking about this past week that I, I think is worth bringing in here, the idea of, of um, what even is community and that there's like mm-hmm. the there's the appearance of it and there's the kind of the easy version of it, which is sort of what we're talking about, which is not the same as living your life in holy rhythm with other believers and having that openness of like where they have access to your your you know the stuff in your closet right. as it were. And uh, you, you may be able to sum it up better than I than I can. Yeah, well, it's... basically, you know, I think kind of the thought around that, and I don't know if we've ever talked about it on here, but what we were talking about, you know, there, there's nothing innately spiritual about the idea of community. Like, I can have community with my neighbor or with people I'm in, you know, a, a kickball leader, you know, mm-hmm. whoever, whatever yep. you're doing, you know, people yep. I mountain bike or hike with, that can be a community. The difference in a spiritual community is that, you know, that you're there to carry each other's burdens, kind of like mm-hmm. what we're talking about, to be there to spur each other along. And and that's part of that. You know, there's one thing to say, hey, it's all right, I get it, if you're spurring them forward, but having that accountability on the back end. But um, but yeah, I mean, it. I can have a community that is drawing me closer to God or one that's just drawing me closer to comfort in whatever I'm doing. You mm-hmm. know, it, 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 there's a very different community that happens between people who are drinking buddies and people who are studying yeah. the Bible together. At least there should be, right? <laughs> well, I the mean, reality is sometimes the drinking buddies are more honest with each other. You know, I, you're, yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I, I have nothing to add to that. Yeah. Well, and... Yeah. Um, I think you were asking, or you, you mentioned earlier, of like kind of what's the point. It is cathartic, and it does feel good to feel like you have community. Mm-hmm. And it really feels good to feel like you have just enough of it, but you stop short of when it really gets close to stuff you don't want to let go of. And so, yeah. um, like, the we've talked about this before, the idea that you can go to church, sing the songs— be a more or less decent person and maybe go to an extracurricular church thing from time to time, that is an attractive religion on paper because it doesn't Mm -hmm. really demand anything of you that you don't really want to give up. You feel just bad or just guilty enough about your sin or what have you that you think this is the, this is what the Christian life is about. I say you, I mean, we, (laughs) as I have to correct myself a lot of the time. And so that kind of accountability, I think is really attractive because even that can be super uncomfortable. And the idea that there's a level past this honesty that we have to push where we really have to be honest with ourselves about, uh, the state of us and the need for grace and the need for God to get in and, and mess with the, you know, upset our apple cart and burn some things out of us that don't need to be there and lead us along and grow us and all the stuff that his spirit wants to do in our lives. Like that, th- that's a whole level, other level of community that I think a yeah. lot of us find when we brush up against that, that we don't really want. Yeah. The way I, I've heard it put, uh, by a guy who I was actually talking about yesterday. I couldn't think of his last name, and now it, it came to me, which I knew it would. Um, but there's no need to even say his name. But he, he had kind of made the comment, you know, at one point in my life, it was me, my agenda, and a little bit of Jesus. Me, yeah. my plans, and a little bit of Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a, again, you know, that's something that you can say. It, it's very easy to live life and talk about Jesus being there. You know, and I, I use that word, being there. Um but and seem noble, 
but that's very different than putting God first. Yeah. You know, it's, you don't have to make him a priority if he is the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, I think that's what we're getting at is the whole, like, it's, it's easy to say, it's easy to agree with. It's easy to hold up as like, this is what the Christian ideal is, but then, but it isn't the, it isn't the thing. Is it? Yeah. it? It's not like you. I'm gonna stop talking because you just summed it up <laughs> better than what I'm trying to do. Well, it goes back to what you said earlier, though. I mean, that's that's kind of what I was thinking. You know, you made the comment. It's not a priority. Mm-hmm. Like it, it is the. And if we truly believe, mm, I try to be careful with what I say, but I'm gonna end up on a mini rant if I'm not careful. I I think it is very different the life of someone not that i've got this figured out let me preface by saying that but the life of someone who calls themselves a christian follower of christ believer whatever you want to call it is very different than the person who is trying to seek god in everything they do yeah like the way i've heard it put is the difference between a believer and a follower yeah yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, that's really what I, I try to use the term follower now. I, I, the term Christian I, has gotten twisted mm-hmm. so much over the years. Not that it's a bad thing, I don't think, but um, using that phrase, but what, what does that really mean? You know, uh, any and every celebrity out there is a Christian, and maybe so, you know, I'm, I'm not trying to, <laughs> that's not my place to say, but then you see their lives and it's like, well, I have a you hilarious, talk about being a Christian, but I have I have what I think is a hilarious and obvious example of this. And this isn't to slag this particular dude <laughs> off because I don't know him. But I remember uh, years ago, the, there's an artist named Cisco. You may know him for yeah. the, the thong song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh. he, w- when that song was making its rounds on the radio, he uh, he won some award or other. Now this is a very um, this 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 is an explicit song <laughs> about human relationships, shall we say? Was it a, the, the Christian Choice Awards? Is I, that what he won? It might have been, what? honestly. I'm kidding. Totally. Uh, it, it was the Grammys or you know VMAs yeah. or something like that. And so he gets up there and he's won an award for this song or from this album that is most of the songs are about sex. Yeah. And the first thing he says is, first of all, he's holding this thing up. Is first of all, I want to thank my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Huh. Now. I don't know the guy. I don't know if he's a believer. I don't know if he's a follower. But it's this seems a bit incongruous to me. Yeah. Similarly, um, I remember... Uh, I don't think it, that's what Paul meant when he talks about being all things to all people. <laughs> you don't think he was thinking about the thong song, Ryan? I, I don't. Personally, <laughs> could be wrong, but... Oh, we got to quote that on social media. That's click- <laughs> That'll be clickbait for this episode. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, but I remember something similar more recently. Um, the actress and musician Selena Gomez mm. performed with, I think it was Hillsong, wasn't it? Uh, maybe so. They, they brought her on stage. I think it was in New York City, Madison Square Garden, something like that, to do a song or a few songs with them. And this is at a time when the album that the most recent album she had out, she was naked on the cover of. Mm. And 
Uh, again, I don't know either of those two people. I don't know what their relationship with God is like if they have one. It's kind of none of my business, but and those are really obvious pop culture examples of illustrating what yeah. happens in all of our lives. But it, I, I think if we're honest, there are things that we do, patterns of behavior we're stuck in, things we believe, habits we've allowed to creep into our lives that are, are the exact same thing. They're just not on stage in front of everybody like those two examples right. are. I mean, th- I think that's the reality of it. Yeah, and, and there's something to be said for, we, we talked to Josh, and I mean, there's things he did as shock factor, you know, or yeah. has done, or even his book in some ways, the title, but you also have to be careful. I mean, there's a reason I haven't put out an album with me naked on the front. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> maybe a few reasons. But, I mean, you just, <laughs> you have to think about what that could be perceived as. And if, yeah. If the name we're trying to put as the name, not a name, but the name is is Christ, is God, like maybe that's not the best thing for me to do. Yeah. Um, I think of Emery put put out an album with a um, great album called, uh, I think it was called You're Not Alone or... You Were Never Alone. Um, you Were Never Alone. And great album. It's a concept album. It's Bible stories, but they put a naked woman on the front. That was the album after it. I'm Eve. Eve is the name. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. there's. Golly, I'm just. I'm all sorts of. Mixed no, you're up. right. Yeah. That was that was a great album though. Yeah, and it's um and and I never and this isn't because I'm um there was a lot of conversation about that album cover when they did that because mm-hmm. they were all about. Oh, this is this this is hard to summarize quickly, but but basically <laughs> their their reasons for why they thought it was artistically acceptable to do that were very dismissive and condescending towards people who struggle with sexual sin. Right. I mean, they just they they really made it clear that they thought if anybody has a problem with this, like you you suck basically. Yeah. And yeah. I never listened to the album for that result. I mean, quite apart from like I don't I don't want to have an album around that has somebody naked on it, male or female, yeah. for myself. Um the it, it was just it was I, th- I thought it was a very unloving response, quite frankly. Yeah. I mean, even if you're going to do something, how do you respond? How do you use that as a teaching moment? Should mm-hmm. be worth thinking. I, I have the album, um, and it's it's in a closet somewhere, I believe, <laughs> yeah. still. Because like, I can't leave it out. I've got three kids running around. Like, yeah. And they like to look through the, the vinyl every now and then, the, the covers, because a lot of them are, are cool. But Well, and the difference between that and, say, something that, you know, I haven't liked or agreed with everything that, for example, Josh Porter or Showbread put out. I thought I think there are times, and I would say this to him, I think there were times that they were pushing for the sake of it. And I think he'd probably agree, depending on what yeah. era you're talking about. And I wonder like the the relationship between the good we get out of using this explicit art to get people's attention. You know, like I, I just I, I agree in principle yeah. with a lot of what folks say who say that we should be able to portray things as they really are and their darkness and their rawness. And I, I agree with that in principle. It's just in, in specific, I wonder what how much good are we getting out of this? And the, the Emory album you mentioned is an example of that. Yeah. Well, and, and I think there's a then what, you know, when we talk about doing oh, something yeah. to get people's attention, sure. like yeah. I, you know, transparency, failed parenting moment, whatever. Like there's times I have to get very loud to get my kids just to stop what they're doing and listen. Mm -hmm. Um, Now I need to be careful not to just immediately go to that. 
but there are times when it's like, hey, kids, maybe don't, you know, throw a glass jar. Like, just little things. I, yeah. Not that they've ever done that. but And I'll try to say it calmly. Well, then finally, it's like, okay, here we are. And, and I have to get very loud mm-hmm. and hurt their feelings just so they will stop and listen. And then it's like, okay, am I going to keep doing that now that I've got their attention? Or do I bring it back and, hey, well, let's sit down and let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to get loud, but now that I've got you here, what is worth saying? What what needs to be corrected, and how do we use this? Yeah, in a, a way that's beneficial, not to me, but and this this may seem a little far afield, but it's related to the accountability conversation mm-hmm. we were just having about the kind of what are we, what is the realness that we're pushing for? Because in Scripture, there were a lot of times when God had to not resort, because that's not quite the right word, but He had to remove the access to that his people had to his goodness insofar as it showed up in their lives in tangible ways. Like, okay, I'm not going to protect you from your enemies anymore. And right. I'm not going to bless your crops. I'm not going to bless your fertility or, or whatever it happened to be. Yeah. And, and then other times he, he would respond very directly, but, but always it wasn't just, Oh, God's mad and we're in trouble. It was God's getting our attention before we do something even worse. And also because he has this whole plan that he wants us to participate in. And we can't do that if we're off doing what we're not supposed to be. Yeah. And, and wants us to. That, that's, that's so key. Like, he doesn't need us, but he mm-hmm. blesses us with the opportunity to, you know, be co-workers, co-creators in, in our life. Yeah. And to do things that point to him, not because we're great, but because he's great. Mm-hmm. And it's very easy to back to priority to, to point to ourselves more so than pointing to him mm-hmm. is what I found. Um, and in short term, you know, we can even try and justify it. You know, again, back to our whole January 1st conversations we've had. It's, it's very easy to sit here and say, well, I'm going to be great. So, so God can be great. That's, that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, nothing, nothing that I can do. Is that great? Now, there's things God can do with me that will point to him, and it will not be, oh, look at Ryan. He's he's so great. Or look at Taylor. He's Look at what he's doing. It's so cool. It's showing that in spite of us, there's a great God that, that can use us. Uh, I think this is in one, one of Paul's letters, and I forget exactly the way that he teased it up, but he, he, he lays out some, some positives that he wants this— the believers to embody. And he said, when you do that, folks who are not followers are going to look at your lives and say, wow, God is really at work among you. Yeah. And it's that thing. Yeah. Well, and, and you look at, I mean, all the Bible stories and all, but it, it's so easy to stop it, you know, at the thing, whatever it was. Well, you know, God used David to kill Goliath or this and that. And yeah, but it's not because <laughs> David, it's because of God and others saw that. And said, well, we want to look to your God. Or ran because they were afraid of his God. It, it wasn't about showing how great the person is. It's, it's about showing that the God of this person is bigger than y'all's, you know, little gods or whatever. <laughs> yeah, little G-gods. You know, yeah. I mean, and, and you see that evidenced all through Scripture. Like, even looking at Exodus, the fact that the plagues God sent were attacking the, the little gods of these people, mm-hmm. you know, directly. So it was clear, oh, okay, these things we've made— so great, your your one God can take care of all of them, and then it's okay. We'll look at the God of of Moses, and 
you know, none of them thought Moses was that great. They realized that God was, right. Yeah. And one of the things that, um, one of the things that I believe it's in, it's in Exodus, around about 20 probably, that the, the author makes the remark that um, Moses and God talked as face-to-face with a friend and that that's mm-hmm. what God would want to happen. Like that yeah. was the invitation and that was what he wanted from everybody, actually. that The whole in Exodus um, 19, the invitation for the, the entire nation to come up on the mountain where he was, that's what he's always wanted. And provided a way for that to happen. But yeah. that that requires us to have a correct worldview in view of ourselves, in view of God. And um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's becoming more and more evident to me the older I get, um, the more I realize I don't know that those things go in hand in hand. Like if I don't have the right view of of myself and my sin, I, I can't have the right view of God. Hmm. It's going to keep me from having that. If I think there is some reason that I am good or great when the Bible specifically says there's none who are good, then I'm not going to truly understand the weight of what happened on the cross. Like, I, I just can't. Not if I think there's any good in me, but if I have an understanding that there's, I'm not good, like the Bible says, <laughs> then it's far easier to allow those people to see who God is because nothing I do is, is good because I do it. Yeah. And I, I think, um, there's either, we, t- we talk about, you know, folks being in one ditch or the other a lot. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. where all of us are most comfortable. We, we like living in the certainty and we don't like the tension. You know, we like having neat systems to pattern our lives around. I think that's part of why some of what we've been talking about, we're comfortable stopping there because it's like, this is a known quantity, you know, like this level of accountability or God is a priority rather than the God who comes in and messes up my stuff. <laughs> right. And, and simultaneously, it's like there's some folks who look at the none of us are good and they internalize that to a point where they think God hates them and is angry at them and is only putting up with them because he has to. They allow them to, they stay in shame because of that. Yeah, shame is a great yeah. word. Like the thing yeah. to take from nobody is good is not is not to go live in shame. The thing to take for that is but God rich in mercy, you right. know, yeah. who had such great affection for his creation, both human and otherwise, that he he took on the form of it to to pay its debt basically. Yeah. And like that there's no shame in that. There is now no condemnation in right. that. And, and that's a much but but conversely, that doesn't mean that now nothing you do matters. In fact, it matters more, and that right. the way that we, the way that we carry God's name, and the way that we, quote, and the way that we prioritize, and the way that we connect to communities around us, needs to reflect that reality. Yeah, I get that. Well, and, and one of my one of my best friends, you know, we'll we'll have those discussions, and he's kind of on the other end of of that as far as. He'll hear me say that and take it as, man, you're being hard on yourself. And, and that's not the thing. I, it's not that. It, there is peace in me understanding that 
I'm, I'm just I, I maybe lean too far in the ditch of depravity to where like there's almost a peace in understanding that and knowing that God is greater. Mm-hmm. And even though I don't deserve God's love, he gives it freely. And the fact that I can't earn it makes it that much greater because I would have screwed it up by now. Right. <laughs> um, there's also a, a, one of our listeners has called me before that, that I know personally and just talked about how interesting it is. The differences in how we look at things and how I take peace in knowing that. Whereas, you know, a lot of her life, there was a shame for some of that mm, yeah. and, and trying to see that differently and learn how to deal with that. I, and so I get, you know, it's easy for me to say things based on where I'm at. I understand that people see things differently and based on your background, maybe based on how you've been treated by the church. Yeah. That um, too. Even you, you can look at things differently. There was a guy I knew that, uh, that had a really bad relationship with his father. And as such, that really changed the way that he viewed God as a father for negatively. Yeah. And he, he was one of those folks that really thought that God was waiting to punish him, not discipline. That's different, but that you did this. Therefore I'm, I'm going to flick you because that is the paradigm for fatherhood that he had. Yeah, no, that's great. That's what I was, where I was about to say, just, People could have that situation, but you having a story is even better. I mean, and there, there's tons of situations like that. Um, I, I watched a documentary the other day. It was pretty interesting. And if you haven't seen it, I'd encourage you to go out there. Obviously, The Chosen is big right now. But if you go online on the, I guess it's on their, the Angel Studios app or whatever, there is a documentary where they got, I don't know, 10 Gen Z people or 9 mm. or 10, something like that, and put them in a room to watch the chosen together. Um, and it is just very interesting seeing the reactions, but the, the interesting, one of the interesting parts of it was hearing their stories. Yeah. And some of them brought up in the church and how the church had treated them, um, and treated their sin, even, you know, things that may have been sin and may have been wrong, but they were pushed out of the church because of it. Well, that, that affects the church treats you that way. And you're kind of looking at the church to be Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're going to be disappointed, right? Yeah. I mean, that, that's going to let you down because that there, there's some differences there, right? That's part the of what is the people. That's what of part Jesus, of what but, keeps people from community. Yeah, and keep or keeps them at that kind of that shallow first landing stage on the stairway, or also what keeps them like, well, if God is a priority, then I can control him like I do my other priorities. Because if I go further in, something bad might happen based on the experience that I've had. Yeah. Yeah. And and I get that there's churches that do something well. I, you know, inevitably I start talking about church and it sounds like I'm against it. I'm, I'm not. But as great as your church is, you're also able to look at things that and people that you don't agree with. And that's the, the problem. There's churches made up of people. Yeah. Guess, guess what people are? sinners like (laughs) right and we've been saved we've been redeemed but there's still sin there and there's still things that we're trying to do for our reasons and you know jesus had certain ways of handling religious organizations right i mean they were not in step with what he was doing and there's a lot that obviously we could talk about around that yeah because our conversations quickly go from one place to another it can come across that you know we're bashing something and then just kind of leaving it there. I, and that probably is what it sounds like sometimes with the church and communities of believers and things like that. It's it's not that I think it's all good and there's reasons for it. I think often we even try to use those things, though, for our own purposes. Hmm. Um, we use communities as a way to 
make us feel comfort when that's not what it's all about. You know, ultimately, yes, there's comfort and there's peace in Jesus, but we're, we're in a weird middle ground here. You know, uh, there's tension we talk about a lot. That's what this world is going to be full of. Now, how does your relationship with Christ as the, the most important relationship, as a priority, the priority, <laughs> how does that get you through the tension in a way that doesn't make you comfortable but reflects him? I don't know. <laughs> you want me to give you the choices? Yeah, yeah, that'd be helpful. Okay, so A. <laughs> Life would be easier if it was multiple choice, I think. I think the important thing like to to look at, I think it's easy even for us to kind of based on what we were talking about earlier, have these conversations. But then what? You know? Hmm. Um, okay, I'm understanding that. I'm realizing that I can't just say, oh, I'm going to make God a priority. Well, how do I make him the priority? How do I make him the thing, rather? And I think it's easy for us to talk and not want to get a lot of times like we're trying to solve the problems. But mm-hmm. I do think there's times like this. Well, you know, what kind of things can we be doing to make sure that we're making God the thing um, instead well, of just a, another thing that we have to go to? Yeah, do, uh, or, if so we don't we don't try to position ourselves as having answers per se but neither do we want to just raise questions and never like get to any resolution because i think god demonstrates that he wants us to know him and he wants Mm -hmm. us to respond and we want to be a part of him communicating that to his people in whatever way that we can so like as far as like what's practical i can all i can say is what i found helpful so that's where i'll start for the for the kind of priorities thing um the most helpful one of the most helpful things i've ever heard is that everything is spiritual there is Mm -hmm. no word in hebrew for spiritual the concept doesn't didn't exist People talk about like the religion of Judaism. There is no religion of Judaism. It's just, it is an, a way of life entirely. And so when we talk about, and I think that that's part of what stuck with me about the make God a priority thing is like, you don't have a spiritual life. You just have a life. And yeah. it's up to you which parts of it you let God have access to. And so for me, remembering that whether I am at work or at home or raking leaves or driving, that all of those things are spiritual if I allow the Spirit of God access to them. And that doesn't mean that he's trying to get me to slap a Jesus fish onto everything. It's that there is there is a way that disciples of Jesus respond, and it's different than the way that the world responds to things. Yeah. Um, I, I stumbled on something the other day. Um, somebody was, had, I, th- I think it was somebody had asked me to pray for them. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. And I specifically felt led to pray the fruits of the Spirit for that person. Mm. And that and I, that never happened before. And it was it was a very unique experience to say, okay, God, will you please bring this these things out? Will you please bring love and joy and faithfulness and gentleness and self all all those things out in this specific situation? And like that there's not a, a part of our life that God is not looking to cultivate the fruits of the Spirit in, you know? And so that yeah. – maybe that could be helpful to anybody thinking, well, well, okay, if it's not a to-do list, if it's not a 
devotional if it's not a prayer time. And, and none of those things are bad. What is it? It's that, I think it's that mindfulness that, that your entire life, God is after all of it, not to necessarily turn you into a missionary or get you to wear a cross necklace. He may ask you to do those things, but that he is looking for you to be, to be Christ to the people around you and in the situations around you. And the second yeah. thing with the community thing, th- this one's tougher for me anyway, in that I've only in the last year and a half started to do the difficult work of giving people I trust access to like the stuff I really struggle with, you know, there, there's the yeah. polite church and polite small group stuff that you all talk about. Oh yeah, I struggle with this. Oh yeah, you know, so that that's different than, okay, here's this really gnarly thing that I'm trying to make sense of. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, <laughs> you know, that's, yeah. that can be our reaction sometimes. So what was helpful for me is that somebody told me, you don't have to put all of yourself out there at once, but you do need to realize when you are holding back and you shouldn't be. So find somebody you trust, whether that is a pastor or a counselor or a friend or a family member or a spouse or whatever, but there needs to be somebody that has access to the whole you, the real you. And the more that you do that and the more that you make space for it, not the easier it gets, but more it becomes more your rhythm and you know that you need it. And you notice when like that flow isn't happening and you're hanging on to stuff and you get in your head and you start to brood, or at least this was what happens to me. And I suddenly realize, oh, I'm off on some side path by myself and I'm not connecting to the things and the people that God put in my life to give me life. So maybe that could be helpful for somebody. Those two principles have been super helpful for me. And God has used those to draw me back when I try and veer off, you know, onto a side road. Yeah, no, I think I think that's good. And, and you're right, finding someone you can trust. I mean, we we mentioned earlier there are people who will use things against you. We like to think that's not true, but mm-hmm. um, so sometimes that takes time to find those people. Uh, I've I've seen that in my life just through the years um, of my long what I, I think is my long life. <laughs> but, you know, there's been times and and way back where I didn't really have that group and then times where I've had it and those people change sometimes. Um but but yeah, someone who's like minded too is important yeah. just so that they're looking at things the same way instead of looking for uh looking at it as the thing rather than a thing, you know, yeah. that that could you know, alter the the things you're hearing or getting back from them. Well, and I but, think too, there's the factor of you, the scripture that says you you don't have because you don't ask, mm-hmm. and that those are the kinds of things God delights to honor. Yeah. The request for like, yeah. send me a brother or a sister who will love me the way that you do. He's not yeah. going to say no to that. He may say, I'm working on it, <laughs> and you know, <laughs> it, I, I can't bring that to you in this season, or you're supposed to be that for somebody else, or whatever. But but God, yeah. being the good Father that He is, that is what He is after for all of us. And mm-hmm. His word doesn't return void when He says things like that, even if it takes that's a right. while by our measure. Yeah, when and I mean, to your point, that's praying for things that like that instead of selfish things. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you're, if we're praying for things that God would want and our, our hearts are modeled after that, like that's very different. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's great. I, I think, you know, one of the things for me, um, just to trying to keep the right world view and trying to make sure I'm understanding and not trying to make, make something more of myself. I think back, um, 
where is it in Acts where it basically says that you know David's uh God's purposes for were, for David were completed and he laid down and died and was buried with his ancestors and mm-hmm. it's like you know um ultimately that's that's what we're here for you know God has purposes for us and uh my name being remembered is not supposed to be one of those necessarily yeah um, who knows it may be but that's not something I should be seeking. Um, some plant and other waters. Some yeah. are there for the harvest. Yeah, and and you know we, I say that, and and while I'm saying that, I'm also thinking about in Judges where, uh, you know, the guy who's kind of not in Judges and Ruth, the guy who has the opportunity to, uh, to show care and compassion, and you know doesn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm gonna mess it up, but what is it, Poloniamoni? I, I know yeah, yeah. Ken's been talking about, but but like the the name is basically someone who's not gonna be remembered. And so I think there's kind of a difference there. You know, he's not remembered because he didn't step up and kind of becomes, eh, whatever, just some dude. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that's the best alternative, but that should not be what we're seeking. I guess is what I'm saying. God may choose to to have you be remembered for whatever reason, but it's gonna be for a reason that points to Him, not for a reason that makes you look great. Um, it's it's that thing of what you would hope, and this is scary, but what you would hope is to have it said about you that God talked to you as face-to-face with a friend. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, and, and you know, that takes time, right? I think yeah. that's the other thing is making sure um, that you mentioned pray without ceasing. That's something I um, have to work hard to do. And every now and then I feel like, hey, you know what? Maybe that's kind of what that's supposed to look like. And mm-hmm. then I don't feel that for a while. Um, and so that's something, you know, just trying to be in in a place that is putting that. I don't want to use the word priority because of the rest of our conversation. <laughs> but putting that above things, you know, trying to make sure that talking with God is not something I'm saying, oh, okay, I'm going to do this for so long a day if i'm trying to put some kind of time constraint on it and make sure i do it it's probably not the outflow of a you know joyous and spirit-filled yeah. heart um i think that's what i was trying to get at because i was thinking about say my relationship with my wife and yeah. you do make your spouse a priority insofar as they're the most important person in the world to you but at some point it's like like you said it, it becomes a natural overflow of the way that you feel about them. And nobody, it's not that it doesn't take work and it doesn't sometimes take thinking and planning and thoughtfulness, but that nobody, if you're loving your spouse as you should, then, which that's a whole other conversation because we're all human. We're all human. Yeah, yeah, sure, why not? It's it's the thing, let let me try to kind of sum it up. It's the thing of like, when you get done in a meeting or something, you've been gone for a while, and I don't know if you, if you're like this. This is my thing. Like when I was about to leave Little Rock the other day, I talked about that trip in the rain earlier. I started, at least I was talking to you about it. I uh, I picked up the phone and called my wife, mm-hmm. not because I had to, but it just I don't know. I don't really know why I did. It just felt like what <laughs> I was supposed to do. So I picked up the phone and called her and said, "Hey, I'm coming home. Meetings went well. Whatever. I'm gonna be careful. It's raining." And just shared with her. She wasn't expecting it. She didn't ask me to do it. It just felt like what I was supposed to do, and I don't know if I have another reason other than it's, that. It's what it's what your heart reaches out for, without yeah. you having without you having to tell it. Yeah, and I th- I think I think that's what we're what we're getting at is oh, this our, whole conversation. To seriously, get to. yeah. I mean, yeah. like, are are we aware of what our hearts are reaching for, and are they reaching mm. for are they reaching towards Christ, or are they reaching to one of these other things?
Hey, thanks for listening to this uh, first episode in our new season. We have a lot more conversations lined up. If you have any questions, topic ideas, guest ideas, anything like that, please feel free to reach out to us. You can shoot us an email at unbetweenpodcast at gmail.com. Ryan, tell them what our social handles are. Oh, man, that's a lot to remember. So you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm totally going to get them wrong, but I think we're <laughs> Unbetween Pod on Twitter. Correct. And Unbetween Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. He got it, folks. Man. He got it. Starting the year off good. See? But yeah, thank you for listening. We're so thankful that you're still around, if you've been around since the beginning. And if this just happened to be something that popped up, go back and listen, and maybe some of that will be good, too. So we'll see you on the next one. We can only hope.